0: Chapter 20 of Aunt Jane's Nieces and Uncle John by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter 20 on Point Loma. Next morning, a beautiful bunch of roses was brought to Myrtle's room. Roses so magnificent that it seemed impossible they could be grown out of doors. But there are few hot-houses in California and the boy who brought the flowers confided to her the information that they were selected from more than five hundred blooms. She ran to show them to Patsy and Beth, who were amazed not only by the roses, but by the fact that the queer Mr. Jones had sent them to Myrtle. There was no card or note accompanying the gift, but after the younger girl had related her conversation with Mr. Jones the previous evening, they could not doubt but he had sent the flowers. "'Perhaps,' reflected Patsy, "'we have been misjudging him. "'I never beheld such a stolid, "'unimpressive countenance in my life. "'But the man must have a soul of some sort, "'or he would not think of sending flowers "'to his new friend.' "'It's a pretty idea,' said Beth. "'He wanted to assure Myrtle "'that he appreciated her kindness.' "'I'm sure he likes me,' "'declared Myrtle, simply. "'He wasn't a bit cross when I ran in "'and took away his pistol,' or when I preached to him, I really gave him a good talking to, and he didn't object a bit. "'What he needs,' commented Beth, "'is to get away from himself and mingle with people more. "'I wonder if we could coax him to join us in our ride to Point Loma.' "'Would we care to ask him?' said Patsy. "'He's as sour and crabbed in looks as he is in disposition, "'and has treated Uncle John's advances shamefully.' I'd like to help Myrtle bring the old fellow back to life, but perhaps we can find an easier way than to shut him up with us in an automobile. He wouldn't go, I'm sure, declared Myrtle. He has mellowed a little, a very little, as these roses prove, but he treated me last night just as he does Mr. Merrick, even after our conversation. When I said good-night, I had to wait a long time for his answer, but I'd like you to meet him and help cheer him up. So please let me introduce him if there's a chance and do be nice to him. I declare cried Patsy laughing. Myrtle has assumed an air of proprietorship over the sad one already. She has a right to for she saved his life said Beth. Three times Myrtle added proudly he told me so himself. Uncle John heard the story of Myrtle's adventure with considerable surprise and he too expressed a wish to aid her in winning Mr Jones from his melancholy mood. "'Every man is queer in one way or another,' said he, "'and I'd say the women were, too, if you females were not listening. "'I also imagine a very rich man has the right to be eccentric if it pleases him.' "'Is Mr. Jones rich, then?' inquired Beth. "'According to the landlord, he's as rich as Croesus. "'Made his money in mining, manipulating stocks, I suppose, "'but evidently his wealth hasn't been a comfort to him, "'or he wouldn't want to shuffle off his mortal coil and leave it behind.' They did not see the object of this conversation before leaving for the trip to point loma a promontory that juts out far into the pacific it is reached by a superb macadamized boulevard which passes down the north edge of the promontory rounds the corner where stands the lighthouse and comes back along the southern edge all the time a hundred feet or more in elevation above the ocean the view from the point is unsurpassed wampus stopped his car beside a handsomely appointed automobile that was just then deserted. "'Someone is here before us,' remarked Patsy. "'But that is not strange. "'The wonder is that crowds are not here perpetually.' "'It is said,' related the Major, "'who had really begun to enjoy California, "'that the view from this point includes more varied scenery "'than any other that is known in the world. "'Here we see the grand San Bernardino range of mountains, "'the Spanish Bight on the Mexican shore.' the pretty city of san diego climbing its hills with the placid bay in front where float the warships of the pacific squadron the broad stretch of orange and lemon groves hedged with towering palm trees santa catalina and the coronado islands the blue pacific rolling in front and rugged loma with its rocky cliffs behind what more could we ask to see from any one viewpoint don't forget the monster hotel "'with its hundred towers and gables dominating the strip of land "'between the bay and the ocean,' added Beth. "'How near it seems, and yet it is many miles away. "'Someone had told them that moonstones were to be found on the beach "'at the base of the cliff, so they all climbed down the steep path "'followed by mumbles, who had not perceptibly grown in size during the trip, "'but had acquired an adventurous disposition, "'which, coupled with his native inquisitiveness, "'frequently led him into trouble.' Now when they had reached the narrow beach, Mumbles ran ahead, passed around the corner of a cliff that almost touched the water, and was presently heard barking furiously. Sounds as if he scented game, said Patsy. A turtle, perhaps, or a big fish washed ashore suggested the major. But now the small dog's voice changed suddenly and became a succession of yelps expressing mingled pain and terror. Oh, he's hurt! cried Myrtle and they all hurried forward, Uncle John leading them on a run, and passed around the big rock to rescue their pet. Someone was before them, however. The foolish dog had found a huge crab in the sand and, barking loudly, had pushed his muzzle against the creature, with the result that the crab seized his black nose in a gripping claw and pinched as hard as it was able. Mumbles tried to back away, madly howling the while, but the crab, although the smaller antagonist, gripped a rock with its other claw and held on, anchoring the terrified dog to the spot. But help was at hand. A tall, thin man hurried to the rescue, and just as Uncle John came in sight, leading his procession, a knife severed the crab's claw, and Mumbles was free. Seeing his mistress, the puppy still whining with pain, hurried to her for comfort, while Uncle John turned to the man and said, thank you mr jones for assisting our poor beast mumbles is an eastern dog you know and inexperienced in dealing with crabs mr jones was examining the claw the despoiled owner of which had quickly slid into the water it is a species of crawfish he observed meditatively then seeing the girl's approach he straightened up and rather awkwardly lifted his hat the gesture surprised them all heretofore when they had met The man had merely stared and turned away. Now his attempt at courtesy was startling, because unexpected. Myrtle came close to his side. "'How nice to find you here, Mr. Jones,' she said brightly, "'and, oh, I must thank you for my lovely roses.' He watched her face with evident interest, and it seemed that his own countenance had become less haggard and sad than formerly. "'Let me introduce my friends," said the girl, with sudden recollection of her duty.' "'This is Mr. Merrick, my good friend and benefactor, "'and this is Major Doyle and his daughter Miss Patricia Doyle, "'both of whom have the kindest hearts in the world. "'Miss Beth de Graff, Mr. Merrick's niece, "'has watched over and cared for me like a sister, "'and, oh, I forgot, Miss Patsy is Mr. Merrick's niece too. "'So now you know them all.' "'The man nodded briefly his acknowledgement. "'You... you are Mr. Jones, I believe, of... of Boston?' "'Once of Boston,' he repeated mechanically. "'Then he looked at her and added, "'Go on.' "'Why, what, I don't understand,' she faltered. "'Have I overlooked anyone?' "'Only yourself,' he said. "'Oh, but I, I met you last night. "'You did not tell me your name,' he reminded her. "'I'm Myrtle,' she replied, smiling in her relief. "'Myrtle Dean.' "'Myrtle Dean!' "'His voice was harsh, almost a shout.' myrtle dean and i'm i'm from chicago but i don't live there any more he stood motionless looking at the girl with a fixed expression that embarrassed her and caused her to glance appealingly to patsy her friend understood and came to her rescue with some inconsequent remark about poor mumbles who was still moaning and rubbing his pinched nose against patsy's chin to ease the pain mr jones paid little heed to miss doyle's observation but as Myrtle tried to hide behind Beth, Mr. Merrick took the situation in hand by drawing the man's attention to the scenery and afterward inquiring if he was searching for moonstones. The conversation now became general, except that Mr. Jones remained practically silent. He seemed to try to interest himself in the chatter around him, but always his eyes would stray to Myrtle's face and hold her until he found an opportunity to turn away. "'We've luncheon in the car,' announced Uncle John after a time. "'Won't you join us, Mr. Jones?' "'Yes,' was the unconventional reply. The man was undoubtedly abstracted, and did not know he was rude. He quietly followed them up the rocks, and when they reached the automobile remained by Myrtle's side, while Wampus brought out the lunch-basket, and Beth and Patsy spread the cloth upon the grass and unpacked the hamper mr jones ate merely a mouthful but he evidently endeavoured to follow the conversation and take an interest in what was said he finally became conscious that his continuous gaze distressed myrtle and thereafter strove to keep his eyes from her face they would creep back to it from time to time but beth who was watching him curiously concluded he was making a serious effort to deport himself agreeably and credited him with a decided improvement in manners as their acquaintance with him progressed after luncheon when their return by way of Old Town and the spanish mission was proposed mr jones said pointing to the car that stood beside their own this is my automobile i drive it myself i would like myrtle dean to ride back with me the girl hesitated but quickly deciding she must not retreat now she had practically begun this misanthrope's reformation She began, "'I will be very glad to, but won't you take one of my friends also? That will divide the party more evenly.' He looked down at his feet, thoughtfully considering the proposition. "'I'll go with you,' said Beth promptly. "'Get into the front seat with Mr. Jones-Myrtle, and I'll ride behind.' The man made no protest. He merely lifted Myrtle in his arms and gently placed her in the front seat. Beth, much amused, took the seat behind, unassisted save that the major opened the door for her mr jones evidently understood his car starting the engines without effort he took his place at the wheel and with a nod to mr merrick said lead on sir i will follow wampus started away he was displeased with the other car it did not suit him at all and aside from the fact that the sour-faced individual who owned it had taken away two of wampus's own passengers The small shaggy Mumbles, who had been the established companion of Uncle John's chauffeur throughout the long journey, suddenly deserted him. He whined to go with the other car, and when Patsy lifted him aboard he curled down beside the stranger as if thoroughly satisfied. Patsy knew why, and was amused that Mumbles showed his gratitude to Mr. Jones for rescuing him from the crab. But Wampus scowled and was distinctly unhappy all the way to Old Town. Him may be fine gentleman, muttered the Canadian to the Major, but if so, he make a disguise of it. Once I knew a dog-thief who resemble him, but perhaps mumble he's safe as long as Miss Myrtle and Miss Beth stay with him. Don't worry, said the Major consolingly. I'll keep my eyes on the rascal, but he's a fine driver, isn't he? Oh, that, retorted Wampus scornfully. Such a little cheap car like that he drive himself. At Old Town, Mr. Jones left them, saying he had been to the mission and did not care for it. But as he drove his car away, there was a gentler and more kindly expression upon his features than any of them had ever seen there before. And Myrtle suspected her charm was working, and the regeneration really begun. End of chapter 20